0: Hello, welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of uh, the Verge. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Verge.net, the <laughs> Verge.net. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know if we got the Verge.net. The Verge cryptocurrency. Uh, I'm just taking that. Yeah. But they don't have a podcast. They didn't ask us if they could use our name. I'm not going to ask them if we can use theirs. <laughs> That's how that works. And uh, Vox Media, which is a, a media corporation that we're a part of. That's great. Nice. They don't know that we're the flagship, but. We have been for some time. Anyway, I'm Neelai. Paul's here. Hello. Dieter's at the Code Conference in California. I am. And Nat Aaron is here. Hi. I'm back. So Dieter, let's start yeah. with you, man. You're a code. I'm not a code. This is the first year I haven't gone uh, in a long time, uh, which makes me sad, because you're there, like, hanging out with all the billionaires. Walt Mossberg is there. He's retired. He used to run Code. Now he's just there as an attendee. From what I can tell, yep. you guys are just having a grand old time. Just partying.
1: But I'm here. It's a grand old time. Yeah, no, every, everybody there uh was was really really pleased with how the event went. Uh they they said there was there was no rabble rousing. Neil since you weren't there, everyone felt better. Um there was some protesting there's a union thing going out of the hotel, but that there were there were no problems there. But yeah, it's um it's been a fun, interesting event. So Evan Spiegel was on stage, Cheryl Sandberg and uh Mike Shrep Shrep Shre- Tropper, what whatever. Um CEO of Uber, whose name uh, I was able to pronounce yesterday, but I super can't do it right now. President AT&T, just a whole slew of people, a whole cast of characters. Talked a lot about stuff. Just talking about all the stuff. Women in tech, all kinds of stuff. Can I
2: ask you maybe maybe a too broad question? Feel free to narrow this down. Okay. what's, What's the vibe? Because... I feel like in the past I've looked at these conferences and like, yeah, there's like drama and, and different things happening. But it's like, oh, these we're talking to the important like CEO type people who are slowly taking over the world. But now it's yeah. like th- this is their world and we're humbly asking them not to
1: fuck <laughs> us up. <laughs> uh, is that an accurate vibe or – it's actually surprisingly accurate vibe. I mean, last year, Donald Trump was a new president, and everyone was sort of shell-shocked, and we all sort of looked at each other and went, uh, what, what's going on now, everybody? Uh, and then everything that's happened with uh, Facebook, disclosure, my wife works for Oculus, which is part of Facebook. They gave away Oculus Goes at this event. That is now done. They were just like, well, okay, that happened. We should try to reckon with that, but we sort of know. And so everyone's just sort of, Whew. all right. We're cool. We're not like happy and exuberant about everything, but we're no longer panicked. So what can we do to make things better and not just panic about everything? I would say that's the vibe. It's like, oh, hey, like we actually could survive. <laughs> like tech could could actually be good. Like you kind of whisper it. You know, I mean the CEO of Uber was on stage and so like he wasn't responsible for all of the terrible stuff that happened before he became CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's responsible for fixing it. And so he has to like do this do this weird dance of like apologizing for the thing that he didn't do and promising to do better. Uh, and there was just a lot of that going on.
0: Yeah, I mean I just looking at this list of news, we should get into it, but it does seem like this wasn't so much a I'm gonna announce some groundbreaking thing or I'm gonna hinted a new product. This was very much about Kara, who is an incredible interviewer, and Peter Kafka, who is also an incredible interviewer, who is now the the other chair of the Code Conference replacing Walt. But it was about them asking, hey, are you adults? We're all in need of some adults. You seem like you could be the adults we're looking for, but I have a questionnaire here that would verify whether or not that is true. And that, yeah. that was like a real, just watching some of the videos that Recode has posted, That seems like a real theme of the thing. Whereas before, in years past, I mean, this is the same conference where, you know, Walt and Kara had Bill Gates and Steve Jobs on stage together, and it was a much more, here are the masters of the universe. I, I think that vibe was, yeah. they were established as the masters of the universe, and now we've yeah, kind of actually- got a new class of people hmm. who are vying for that yeah. sort of role
1: that's a really good way to put it. So like Evan Spiegel, of course, is not an adult yet. I think he's still 12. Maybe, maybe he's 13 <laughs> now. Um, but okay. Uber CEO Dara Khosrowshahi uh, mm-hmm. was definitely there to like show that he's an adult, but nobody was on stage as like to be celebrated as the master of the universe. They were, everybody was sort of contending with the idea that Silicon Valley, This, you know, people think of these conferences as like Silicon Valley conferences that are about what's going on in tech in this particular place. And there's a whole bunch of venture capitalists and networking and blah, 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 blah. But there was a real sense that what's, what's actually going on is we're not here to celebrate you as like uh, titans of tech. We're not here to show the world what is going on in this weird insular corner of, of the planet where tech happens. We recognize that the entire world, all of democracy, everything, Knows what's going on here now, and so now we have to talk to you in that larger context, not just in the, hey, look, technology, we're going to explain it to everybody. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, well, let's just start with the news. So uh, Evan Spiegel was kind of the big kickoff yesterday. Mm -hmm. Time is a fluid concept. I have no idea. Tuesday, when Code started, Evan Spiegel was the big kickoff. Uh, That was the evening session. He didn't really say a lot. Except he, th- he took some shots at Facebook for copying him and yeah. said, I wish they would copy our privacy policy.
2: Um,
0: and he kind of <laughs>
1: didn't really explain like why he ran this disastrous redesign of Snap. But I mean, he gave the same explanation that he's given before, which is they were trying to solve this problem of giving you your friends, but also increasing you know inventory for brands and for advertisers without it like feeling like you can't just get to your friends is what you actually want um the funny thing is he gave buried in that explanation one of the more like cogent clear product ideas um that's actually snapchat seeing that it needed to get something from other social media apps he basically said look the way we redesigned it there's now an infinite scroll there's a feed uh, we just, we wanted to put your friends at the top, but we also fundamentally like created more quote unquote inventory because you can like keep scrolling to see more stuff, which is what you do on Twitter and what you do on Facebook. Um, and so they, he, I think they were trying to get that vibe into Snapchat.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I was, I'm just going to do the conspiracy theory. Oh, Evan Spiegel and ATT and Facebook that, you know, they were, they are all there. Spotify to some extent Really, what they're talking about is how to do advertising better. That is, that was the the, the theme of the whole all these interviews. And you can go watch yeah. them; they're great. They're all over the place they're talking about much things. But the problem all of them need to solve is we need to put more advertising in your face. We need to do a better job of it. So Evan Spiegel has a messaging product. Messaging products inherently don't lend themselves to advertising. Snapchat Discover. Was like his way of putting advertising into Snapchat. People, sort whatever, didn't like it. They tried to like mix it all up again, and make it easier to use. So that you might go over there and be like, "I'm in the advertising pain."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody liked that. No. So now they're mixing it all up again. They're doing an endless feed that creates more inventory. That's like that is the animating force behind what Snapchat is doing. Like, how do we get how do we get advertising into our user base? Facebook, obviously. Is Facebook (laughs) like? I think we all understand what they're up to. Facebook is open
2: to considering a paid product.
3: I mean, uh, (laughs) to me, it's a little ironic that Evan is all like, "Facebook should copy our privacy policy." Because I feel like a couple—I think it was maybe a year ago when Snap Maps launched. Like everybody freaked out about like their privacy concerns of just like Snap knowing exactly where they are and just like putting their stories on a map, you know, all the time. And then like they put ads in Snap Maps. Then I think it was just like, well, Snapchat, you're not exactly that much better because you launched this, like, Like, yes, you have fewer information about your users because inherently they're just not adding everything about them and, like, showing everyone what they like. But they have added features before where people have been very concerned about, like, their privacy and, you know, like, if anything, Instagram came up with the whole location tagging thing and that also had... Previously led people to being robbed before. So, this whole like copying each other, trying to keep each other safe and private, it's like, I don't know.
0: We need a spectrum. We need to name a spectrum of how terrifying. Because, really, a privacy spectrum. Because Snapchat, yeah, they they do accidentally disclose your location. Facebook has built a complete mathematical model of your brain. And they're like, (laughs) then they can inject your brain with a desire to buy anything at any time. Like, like, what is the there's like a creep well, most, spectrum? Well, most secure the targeting topic is,
2: is writing in a um, what's it called when they have the secure document viewing things? So the skiff, skiff, yeah. You write in a personal paper journal yeah. and, with, and you view it with, in a skiff in a skiff <laughs> with pen and paper, and you
0: have no devices with you. Okay, so that's like all the way on the left, yeah. So, like, uh, skiff journal. Skiff Journal. But what's the name of the spectrum? The, creep-trum. the,
2: creep-trum.
1: the, creep-trum. the
2: so, Creep Trum. The Creep The Creep The Panopta Creep. Cambridge Analytica <laughs> is on one end.
0: Yeah, so all the way on the other end, right? This is what I mean. So you got to place Snapchat on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You're either, mm. do I don't know, writing on charcoal in the Skiff with Paul. <laughs> all right. If Cambridge
2: Analytica is 100. Yeah. And you have um, Skiff Journal as a zero, Snapchat is like, a 90, 95. No, you think so? I disagree. No. I don't know. If it's I, feel like bad. I feel like I uh, feel like like every every technology, everything that you have like a user identity and they're storing information about you on their right. servers is like
0: ninety plus. It's just automatically ninety. Yeah, I, I'm going like to be this, more charitable. Ah. Okay, I'm going to give him an eighty. The second you have a user account, I agree with you. Yeah. The second you have a user account, and Snapchat can be like he scrolled five times today mm-hmm. and then stopped scrolling, and Evan Spiegel's like ah. We have to redesign the whole app. Our scroll depth is off. <laughs> All right, you're at 80 instantly. And okay. that's like every app with a user account, like just straight up. But where I think it's different is I don't know that Snapchat is building interest graphs around you. Mm-hmm. right? And they're not targeting the advertising particularly well. Right? They're trying to do this premium advertising thing. That's what like creeps you up. So like Facebook is like, you're a man who once looked at a belt. Every belt manufacturer in America can now specifically target you. Isn't that just data lying fallow? It is but Facebook is like at like collecting it to build these profiles of you. Right Shoot. so they're all they're they're much farther along. Snapchat
2: and, doesn't have a little embed thing on every single website on the planet.
0: Right. They're not like tracking you across the
2: it's entire It's also web.
3: not building like a family tree of everyone you're related to, it's including true. your children who aren't getting started on messenger kids. <laughs> if <laughs> so
0: Max does not have messenger kids. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe she should. Anyway, somewhere in between there, uh-huh. and I think this is actually the the thing from code that like struck me as like the thing we should be talking about the most is ATT and Verizon, but AT&T yeah. is the people this week who talked about it. Randall Stevenson, the CEO of AT&T, on stage of code, talking to Peter. I think he's a president. President. Yeah. The, the lord of Whatever. AT&T is on stage, talking <laughs> to Peter. What? Hey, you're in a big lawsuit. The oh, he's CEO.
1: It. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm right. You're the, right. I'm wrong.
0: Again, the the, the preferred title is uh, lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the primary landholder of AT&T. On stage Peter. Talking about Time Warner, they want to buy Time Warner, the government's suing them, they think it's ridiculous. Hey, why do you actually want to buy Time Warner? And he came right out and said... He just said it. He, he just said it. He just said it. I'm like, just going to read I, it to you. This is, this is his answer. No, no, no,
1: but it's like, okay, just in the context of a conference that is after Cambridge Analytica, where everyone's talking about what are you doing with user data, are you tracking people, how should we feel about it, how are you keeping it secure like no one no one trusts facebook or anybody else to have all this user data what should we do about it Oh hey, by the way, uh, Randall Stevenson, why why is it that you want to buy Time Warner? And he says, Time Warner
0: has an invas- amazing inventory of advertising. They just kind of sell broadly. It's not very targeted. AT and T has an amazing amount of data, customer data for forty million pay TV subscribers in North and South America, one hundred thirty million mobile subscribers, sixty million broadband subscribers. We have really great customer insight and in what kind of shows and media content they're viewing, where they are, and all kinds of other I, information on the consumer. This makes me want to, re- you know, those Direct TV commercials where yeah.
2: you're watching TV all sorts of different places Yeah. just like add yeah. add little
0: metadata to like at the dry cleaner Yeah. mail 45 <laughs> I feel like but what, it gets better how is that useful can you actually so it keeps going can you pair a very formidable ad inventory with a very formidable amount of data information the customer viewership data and all kinds of other information can you create something unique <laughs> I think that you can so here's the deal this is what Verizon is doing too it's Verizon by yep so at and going high. Verizon went low. <laughs> AT&T's like, I want to buy HBO, like Game of Thrones. That's what I want. Verizon's like, we own Yahoo. <laughs> so AT&T... I mean,
3: props to the guy for being honest.
0: <laughs> they, they're just saying that, right? I mean, they, they have to sell this deal to their investors, right? So that they they don't have they can't like hide the ball.
3: No, I know. I'm just saying, props to the guy for literally being like, yeah, like what it it's, it reminds me of that tweet where she's like i had been investigating this for a year and he just tweeted it out <laughs> like just literally it's like i've been investigating yeah. whether AT&T had had been doing some really shady stuff and the guy just like well yeah
0: <laughs> right so Verizon owns Oath mm-hmm. uh, which is AOL and Yahoo they have millions and millions of page views on their own network they insert a thing called the super cookie so now they they have scale, right? There's a good chance that in the course of your life you'll land on a Yahoo web page, mm-hmm. and millions and millions of people do, or a web page. They know what everything that you do on the Verizon network. They just know it because they insert the cookie into the network. They know where your phones are, obviously, and they're combining all of that and saying, hey, advertisers, do you want to reach you know 20-something women in New York City who happen to be within 20 feet of a particular store? Mm-hmm. And they can definitely serve that advertising at a high level of precision. AT&T is saying the same exact thing, only instead of whatever garbage scale oath provides Verizon, their media scale is we know exactly what you're watching. How
2: many
1: more ad dollars are there to capture? Is it just re? No, he he directly addressed that question. He he basically like when you sell ads that aren't well targeted, you can only charge a certain amount, and you have to have more of them. So that's why I think he said like the average show on Turner's network. There's like 16 minutes of advertising in an hour. But once on direct TV, AT&T gets to have two of those minutes and they make more money off of those two minutes where they actually know everything about the customer and can direct ads to them than they do off the other 14 was his claim. And so he thinks that he might actually be able to, quote unquote, reduce the ad load. They might need to have fewer like length of commercials, small a smaller length of commercials because these commercials will be so much more directly targeted at people. The other thing is this is about advertising, but it's also about I think it's about Netflix a little bit. There is a real sense that Peter Kafka and Randall Stevenson went round and round about like no why don't why do you need to buy them? You can just like figure out some other way to do the data uh, for ads, and that's true. But I think that they also are a little bit nervous not being in like. Direct video, direct relationship with the consumer, and having a vertical integration of those things all together. Just in case it turns out that they need it, they'd rather be able to be like, "Yep, well, we're just a total independent uh, video provider now with HBO now and whatever Directv does, uh, and we don't need anybody else." Than to have to partner in the future because that's you know I don't know. Frye is trying it with Go90, but there I think there is a real sense. If that, you're
0: like, a Go90 user, can you tweet at me? And I, I need to be uh, you know if you're just on the go 90. Yeah. you have gone yeah. 90 recently just tweet it. I just want to hear from What
2: you. do YouTube people call themselves? YouTubers. Yeah. What, what
0: is a go 90s? 90s? Yeah. A like nin- like old-timey gold diggers. <laughs> 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 like, weren't they called didn't they have a name? The panhandlers? They're like they're like 76ers? 76ers. Oh, no. 76ers. Yeah, they're they're 90s. Only instead of potentially striking it rich they're watching medium good content on a mobile phone. <laughs> They're not driven by a sense of optimism and a love of the West. All right, I'm gonna stop. If you know, but honestly, if you've got if you've got ninety recently, just please be in contact with me. I'm dying to know.
2: I'm just struck by I. I really enjoyed the comments on Hacker News about the uh, Microsoft passing Google in valuation mm-hmm. for yeah. I, I don't yeah. know twenty minutes, and uh, Google has an ad based. Business, Microsoft, with all their problems, sells products to people. Yeah. And I, you yeah. know, you obviously can't put too much stock into just stocks, but I just feel like this, we're, this well
0: of advertising has to run dry. Please let it run dry. I'm tired of ads. So, by the way, so your question very specifically was how much more advertising is there to go around? The answer is virtually none. So, when you look at the stats, Google and Facebook are the only companies growing their share or, like, the overall amount of digital advertising. Mm. It's like 99% is Google and Facebook. Everyone else, including our company, Box Media, is in, like, 1%. Mm. right? So they, they have this commanding share of digital advertising. So if you are at and and you are looking at what's happening on your network or your Verizon, you could very fairly say, hey, we sell these pipes. Good business. Everyone likes it. But everything that happens, all the money that's being made on the phones is going to these two companies. Mm. We'd like a piece of that. We are some of the only companies that can actually just like brute force our way into that market. It doesn't make me like feel warm and cozy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like – These
2: companies have to work to get geolocation data about people.
0: (laughs) It's part of our service. (laughs) It's like I don't – it's not like a bedtime story (laughs) I want told to me (laughs) to make me feel really – Comfy, so I'd like secure, but they're the only ones who can do it. Yeah. And I, that's, this is to me why, you know, Timo and Sprint are allowed to merge, which seems very likely. There's only going to be three national carriers left, and two of them are going to be doing just extremely aggressive ad tracking and retargeting across their entire networks mm-hmm. in order to compete with Google and Facebook. And then Sprint and Timo will probably just do it too because they'll be like, why the hell not? And then you have your limited absolutely limited in your choice as a consumer to like opt out of that mm-hmm. that seems icky to me i hope AT&T updates its privacy policy <laughs> i consent <laughs> all right What's up, to so the Vergecast, sponsored by IBM. We live in a world that's creating AI-enabled everything, a world with more IoT devices than people. Today, technology has never been smarter, but smart only matters when you put it to work where it matters. When we put smart to work, we can help save the species, increase cop yields, and make progress, not only for a few of us, but for all of us, so let's get to it. Put that smart to work, people, Paul. Find out how at ibm.com slash smart.
2: sounds like you said, increase cop yields.
0: Yeah. More cops. (laughs) More cops. (laughs) Not only more cops, but less water. (laughs) More cops for less water. With AI technology from IBM. We should talk about Apple. WWDC is next week.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on.
0: Now, you want to you talk us through what you think is going to happen with WWDC?
3: Stuff to say. You know, normally there's a lot of excitement about, around WWDC. Everyone wants to know about what's coming up on their iPhone and MacBooks and whatever. But, like, this year's just super quiet because I think everyone's just been too busy upset at how much iOS 11 has wrecked their iPhones.
0: <laughs> iOS 11 has <laughs> been, uh, uh, it's like a thrill ride. Mm. My icon's going to be here
3: today.
1: You know He's like,
3: will, will typing a happy face turn it into a question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, you my that. latest
1: iOS of, my my latest iOS eleven thing, and I'm like, not mad. I'm just confused. My wallpaper on oh, my no. lock screen just oh, sort no. of like starts shifting to the left. Oh, just sort of no. like
3: <laughs> just, that would
1: drive no, no, me no. insane. And then, just a that, little bit hanging. Just that means that
0: you're shifting to the right. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it.
3: <laughs> I, just, well, I don't would know that why this is happening. It's Yeah, yeah or weird. maybe you just need to sleep a little more. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Maybe.
0: So there's, like, a couple of leaks, right? So we know there's it's WDC. There's always new version of iOS.
3: There's always... A new
0: version of iOS 10.
3: Yeah, and maybe we'll get a name. Yep. Um, there's been some leaks about what it could be called, but, you know, it's something beautiful and scenic, I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sad they
0: don't do cats anymore.
3: Cats were fun. Cats were the best. Cats were a good time. Panther... Yeah. Um, anyway. Snow
0: Leopard's still the best version of that,
3: very fun. Um, no, they don't do cats anymore, I guess. I, I don't know why they don't bring back cats, just because, mm-hmm. like, that that literally everyone loves cats. Just yeah. go smaller. <laughs> 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 Although <I guess> Taddy. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. Mac OSP line, it's great. Yeah. But there is a new digital health feature that is very much like the stuff that we saw from Google with Android P, where um, Reportedly, they will now have a dashboard that shows you how much you're using your iPhone, and with the hopes that you'll avoid overusing your smartphone. So now tech companies are all in on this whole time well spent, and let's not overload ourselves with how much technology is ruining our lives. Or, like, and if you're doing that, it's not our fault. We tried to help. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, that's coming up. Um, there's some new Apple Watch stuff with some new. Um, Watch faces. We'll see if Siri gets an update. Like, she, it desperately needs one, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. Listen. If they don't
0: spend the entire keynote being like, we hired the, the dude from Google. <laughs> He's in charge of Siri now. You're, you just talk. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> or Get out of here, man. Or it's just
3: like, here's Siri, talk to it.
0: <laughs> it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to prove
2: that you're doing new, better stuff especially like when the evidence
0: suggests that you are not.
2: Yes, anything, exactly.
3: Anything, yeah,
0: well that.
2: Yeah. We all have a lived experience of Siri being bad. Yeah. And so if you go on stage and show us five new things Siri can do, we're like, "Well, nice cherry picking." Here's what I'm
0: um I would say I'm looking forward to, but in a disappointed way. Mm, you're looking forward to being disappointed? <laughs> no, it's just like, uh, how do you how do you how do you define this emotion? Are you sad that you'll be happy about something? I'm not going to be. At, I, I'm looking for, I'm anticipating, I'm anticipating groaning. Dread. Dread is pretty is, good. Uh, You're it's looking a, like a fur. But dread is like fear. Like a, a cutesy version of dread. Yeah, dread involves fear. This is more like drankst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here's what's going to happen. They're going to be like, Siri. It's great. We updated it. The voices are better 15 accents, 35 languages. It can, I don't know, it's more open. Siri kit has been improved. At the very end, they're going to be like Siri, set a timer for two minutes. Siri set another timer for three minutes and people are going to fucking cheer. <laughs> yep. And that will be the saddest cheer. thing that ever happens
3: <laughs> when they set two timers
0: at once on their supercomputer thousand dollar smartphone and an audience of developers is like, you did it. That's gonna be horrible. And I don't know, I'm like looking I'm looking forward to it, but in a sad way. What they need
2: to announce is a service for uh, restaurants and haircutting salons that answers the phone (laughs) with Google calls (laughs) and it
0: pranks Google. Yeah, that'd be kind of amazing. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, look, Apple has a long history of prank calls at their events. Steve Jobs prank called Starbucks in the first one. Uh, I imagine they spend a lot of time on Siri. I bet they spend a lot of time on iOS 12. There were some rumors that they were going to redesign all of iOS with iOS 12. It's up in the air. they walked it back.
3: I would be a little surprised given Um, that...
0: There was a story I think Mark Gurman had several months ago that Craig said this is just a bug, bug fixing update. We're going to lock everything down, make everything better. I would be. I feel
3: like that's what they need to do though. Like it's boring, but that is exactly what people act- like. You know, I feel like a lot of times we cover WWDC and everyone's all like, "Yay, excited! Oh, awesome!" And then it, it reaches everyone else who owns an iPhone, which is the majority of people, and everyone's just like, "Where is this?" <laughs> like, I don't see why everyone was so excited because this sucks. Yeah. So they should just spend the time actually doing it right. And I think that people would be much happier if their phone just worked versus all the other stuff that they say will come and then, like, half works.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think people like a redesign. I love redesign so much. No, you, you know, too like redesign. Yeah, I think most grandmothers true. don't like a redesign. True.
3: Like, your mom is going to yeah. start calling you or being like, I can't go to the Genius Bar, so you're just going to have to explain to me how why my iPhone looks like this. I have no definitely one will like that
0: in my mind, set aside the time after iOS 7 was released, and it just showed up on, like, my, my parents' devices, where, like, bef- like one minute they were holding, like, a very nice piece of green felt. <laughs> you know, and the next minute it was like, welcome to Tron world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there is no comfort here. That was horrible. But I don't think they're going to be that. I didn't get...
2: Nobody asked me how to do any... Maybe they're just tired of asking me how to do things, but... Maybe I gave them poor answers, but nobody asked me how to use iOS 7. I don't think it was much more
0: how to use. It was more like, this is ugly now. And because okay. you are tangentially related to technology, right? right. It's, it's your fault. It's definitely your fault. It was definitely an accusation. <laughs> like, I hadn't done enough to stop it. <laughs> One thing did roll out early. from. So we I was looking at everything announced last WDC. One thing came. AirPlay 2 hit. This week yep. with iOS eleven point four. Yeah, they like just hit the year mark with airplay two.
3: They were afraid that journalists were gonna be like, well, what about last year? What didn't come? And they were like, Well, we nice. have exactly four days <laughs> before yeah. we get called out on our shit. Airplay two
0: is very strange.
1: Uh,
3: yeah, Dieter edited just, my
0: post about this and he got all mad at me. Yeah, he, did. he was like, like legitimately angry. Very
1: angry at you. You this is your fault. Oh. <laughs> See, this
0: is what happens to me. <laughs> so here's the deal with airplay two. Uh, iOS 7.4 and tvOS 11.4 and I guess it's HomePod iOS, whatever version of iOS that runs on a HomePod, um, now supports – this is not part of AirPlay. Apple actually uh, emailed me to correct me on this. HomePod stereo pairing is one thing over here. AirPlay 2 is another thing. Did not know that before. So you can now – with iOS 11.4, you can pair two HomePods in a stereo pair. It sounds fine. Good. You're happy about that. You cannot, however, take two AirPlay 2 devices and make them a stereo pair, because that's a different thing.
2: Got it? But you can have two or more AirPlay 2 things playing the same thing at the same time. Yes,
0: but they won't play the left and right channel. Right. Which is like a weird thing, but anyway. So you can pair the HomePods in stereo if you are a person who has one HomePod and desires another. There are three of you. Again, if you are those people, please let me know. I will send you a subscription to Go90. That is not a real promise, but let's pretend it is. Um, Okay, so AirPlay 2. Here's the thing about AirPlay 2 that I I don't understand and it made Duder very angry. Theoretically, this is like a thing that any manufacturer can implement. There's other AirPlay speakers in the market. Mm -hmm. Here is the insane limitation. When you use a Google Cast speaker or a Spotify Connect speaker or even an Alexa device, the thing itself is connected to your Wi-Fi network, to the Internet, It runs a version of the stream stream music service on it, an embedded version. So you're like, Alexa, play a song from Spotify. Your Echo connects to Spotify, and Spotify streams a song to your Echo, and your phone is doing nothing. When you use Google Cast, you're like, cast a song to Google Cast Speaker, Chromecast Audio, what have you. Your phone, literally all it sends is a URL in in, an authentication token for the service that you use, and then the... Chromecast audio or whatever connects to Spotify, authenticates the URL, starts streaming the song directly. AirPlay 2 does not do that. When you nope. cast, when you, when you AirPlay 2 Spotify from your phone to an AirPlay 2 speaker, your phone connects to Spotify, pulls down the file, re encodes it to a com- AirPlay 2 compatible audio format, and then streams that over the network to your speaker. The only Same thing speaker- with video, right? No video is different because you're mostly doing video with an Apple TV, and the Apple TV will, uh, in some, in depending on the app that you're using, will do the streaming locally. Okay. So video, video is a little sure. bit different. But with audio, it is very clear that only the HomePod will connect to the internet by itself, and it will only do that with Apple Music, and no third-party AirPlay two devices talk to the internet themselves. Everything happens through your phone.
2: So the HomePod is not a faithful. Implementation or it's is not a simple simply an implementation of an AirPlay two device. No, it is it is an
0: it, iOS computer right that runs Apple Music right and Siri and can also AirPlay two things. And the HomePod can control other AirPlay two devices because it's an iOS computer. So you can start a song in the HomePod and then be like, also stream that in the living room. And you're like Pioneer receiver, Denon receiver, whatever. We'll start doing it. What if you AirPlay to something? To a HomePod,
2: like from your phone? Are you streaming it from your phone in that scenario? Unclear,
0: because if mm. it's Apple Music, there's a real chance it will just like happen locally in a HomePod. But if it's some other AirPlay thing on your phone, it will definitely stream from your phone. Now, this is not something a big deal. There's a very weird implementation detail that I'm discussing at great length. But it means that multi-arm audio on, on AirPlay 2 cannot do things like... Play two different songs from your phone in two different rooms, which is, like, a thing Sonos people can do at will. It means that if your phone dies, the music will stop. It means that if you start a song and then leave the house, the music will stop because you're not on the network anymore. Like, all of these, like, very little edge cases that, when you think about it, you actually run into all of the time, they're just going to be in front of you. And then Apple very confidently told me. They're like, oh, but we saw the most common ones. Like, now you can airplay from your phone, and if you watch a video, the music won't stop. Your phone will keep streaming the audio in the background while you're playing the game or watching the video. And I'm like, oh, so like notification
1: dings, your notification dings won't go to the speaker. Yeah, the notification It it basically creates a, when you start an AirPlay 2 stream, it creates like a separate audio stream that's separate from what the rest of your phone's audio world is doing. Yeah. Maybe that explains why it took so long, because they like had to set up a whole other like audio output. Thing yeah, iOS they had to that build
0: happen. that machine where the guy takes a bite of the food and then like it drops the laptop on a baby and then he eats the pie. <laughs> you seen that video? That's AirPlay yes. 2. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about here. So it's just like it's very confusing. It, it's not very confusing. It, it's gonna work for people. But it's befuddling to me that it's like the, the list of AirPlay 2 devices, all of them are insanely expensive. The cheapest one is uh, the Sonos one. one, which is $199, the most expensive one is like $5,000 receiver thing. Mm-hmm.
3: And then you have the HomePod, which I think like Apple finally said, or I think it, either Apple said or some analysts said that that they have shipped 600,000 units of shipped, not sold. Mm-hmm. So who knows how many of those like are just sitting in inventory? Sounds conservative to me, especially I think like this week there was a report that Google Home speakers outsold Echoes for the first time. So like. Where does Apple fit in into all of this? Like, clearly, people aren't buying HomePods as their smart speaker at home. Like, it's just a fancy speaker. It is a very good speaker, but like, where does the HomePod fit in all of this in terms of capability, pricing, and like trying to even pretend to compete in this market?
0: Yeah, I don't. I I just don't know the answer. And I asked Apple why, you know, other AirPlay two devices won't do this direct streaming because it's if you buy a very expensive speaker and then it. Because of this feature that says it's compatible with your Apple stuff. And then it literally does not work unless you are home with your phone. Like, that's a weird, this is a weird situation, right?
3: It's um, also just weird for Apple to, like, you know, create an iPhone where it's like, this is the device that travels with you <laughs> except when you want to listen to music.
0: Yeah, it's just like, uh, there's something deeply strange about it. Anyway. um... I asked like, why don't you let these third party things do actually? And like the the HomePod is, we really designed it for the HomePod video screen. You know, it's got an A8 processor, so I suppose. Do you need an A8 processor to stream some audio? It's like Chromecast audio is like there's like a a couple of like like cells in there, you know, like like amoebas just like spinning around. That's all the that's all the more power it has. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like a tiny little thing. I don't. know. But anyway, that's what Apple says. It's out. It's good that it's out. We are played with it. You can read some reviews. I just think that. What's interesting to me about this is Apple always, by default, puts the phone at the center of the universe, and that means I just don't know if anyone at Apple lives in a house with other people. (laughs)
3: Like,
0: do they all have their own separate homes, and then they, I mean,
3: given the amount of, like, how much Apple employees probably aren't allowed to tell their family members what they're working (laughs) on, that would not surprise me. I just,
0: like, if you have any other people in your house, and, like, a thing that you would like to do is listen to two songs in two different rooms, like and you're the person who usually just, like, does the thing, like, just running, like, no Sonos person has ever thought, has ever even thought that that's not a thing they could do. Google Cast can just, like, do that, right? And, like, AirPlay 2 is, unless you're the person holding the phone in charge, I don't know.
1: But this this thing, like, we've been banging on about this for a while, that, like, Apple products are fundamentally lonely. This has been my gripe about the iPad since I have, for years now, that there's not multi-user on it. Um, and this is just mm-hmm. another thing where they just assume, you know, that everyone, that the solution to the problem is just buy more uh, Apple devices. Yeah,
0: <laughs> buy more HomePods. Uh, yeah. Also, Message in iCloud is here. It is the most hidden feature ever. Uh, you, have to, it's only, you can only enable it in one specific settings pane in Settings. And then it will say, oh, your messages will be in the cloud. <laughs> That's literally the name of the thing is what it does. It means that you won't, when you, you know when you haven't opened your laptop in a few days? It's so like the weekend. And You get all those dings. Yeah, we, it's gonna figure. It's gonna know. I, well, uh, it's also syncing your green text too, right? I believe it's syncing your green text, and if you have a, it'll it'll pull all the media off. So it's like a weird little trade off that you have to make. So if you have a bunch of photos and your messages e- sucking up a bunch of storage on your phone, it'll offload all those in iCloud, but then it'll use it up in iCloud. So the, the argument is you use less data on all of your devices, but more data on iCloud. And then Tim Cook is like, "Would you like to upgrade from your five gigabyte iCloud plan?"
2: I pay, I pay for iCloud. I'm fine with it. I pay, for, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah.
3: Oh, the, what are you I think to? The, the
1: iCloud needs a better like middle ground. There's like, there's a there's the free plan, which is not enough for anybody ever, and then there's. Like, the deluxe plan, and there's not, like, the, like, regular Joe, you know, plan. There's not, like, the middle plan.
0: And there's not the plan where Apple uh, literally opens its Scrooge McDuck-like piggy bank that is the size of a <laughs> building and full of cash and says, everyone gets 10 gigs of free storage because it costs nothing. It yeah. costs nothing. Yeah. Do you think one day Tim Cooks is going to lose it and just be like, here, here's all the stuff you ever everybody wanted. We're doing it. I just want you to like us more. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. You wanted ten gigs of free storage. You've got it. Never talk to me again. All right, Paul. Yeah. Every week, my friend. Mm-hmm. You do a segment. What's it called? What? What is it called?
2: <laughs> it's called embarrassingly parallel. Okay. Parallel. Um, no. It's called embarrassingly <laughs> parallel, hmm. which is a popular term in computer science for certain problems that are easily accelerated by adding more CPUs or GPUs. And so today we're talking about the Asus H370 Ooh. Mining Master. Ooh. This is a motherboard that can support 20 GPUs. Would you say it's the mother of all boards? I would wow. say I would say it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's definitely a mining master. Yeah. 20 GPUs. 20 GPUs. They they they're all plugged. You know, typically uh, a typical motherboard will have like two or four PCI slots. Only two of them are like actually very fast. And you typically slot the video card right onto the motherboard. Here it's like 20 USB plugs. And because because for crypt, for mining cryptocurrency, yeah. you just need a ton. Of, it's a, an embarrassingly parallel problem, which is why it's on my yeah. we, weekly segment. I got it. And so you just, more GPUs you can plug in, the better. And so you just plug in 20 GPUs to this thing, and you just make so much Ethereum. (laughs) So much. How
0: much does this thing cost? Uh,
2: We don't know the price yet. But apparently Asus doesn't typically go crazy price-wise with its motherboard. So uh, Stefan, who wrote this up, is thinking like maybe around $400. (sighs) The thing is,
0: is that right Mm. now. $400 to be a mining master? Oh, well, but you gotta buy the GPUs. Right now,
2: the GPUs are so absurdly yeah. expensive right now. It's crazy. I, I built a computer for myself like over a year ago for $1,000. And to get the same parts would be probably maybe $1,400 right now. Like to get like the 1070, get the RAM. Yeah. It's the, the, the crypto industry has really marked up those prices. But at least
0: Asus is here to help you. I am told that there's, a, there's like a custom, a custom piece of software that lets you check the status of your GPUs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No it's, it's important to me. It's cool. It's got, <laughs> hey.
3: it's got a little <laughs> You can check in. How are you feeling today? Yeah. It's got yeah. like, a M- little
2: M- a little naming convention and, and, and like shapes. There's like the triangles and the squares Ooh. and hexagons. For some reason all of their hexagons are
0: red. Uh oh. <laughs> but uh everything else is going fine and did you see uh, Shannon wrote a story today about a guy who was his account on PayPal was frozen and he was blocked by Stripe for some time. So this is a guy who was just building PCs, mm-hmm. but he was calling them cryptocurrency mining rigs. His base, like chassis, was like eighteen hundred bucks, nine hundred bucks. And then he was selling GPU configurations up to like forty-seven thousand dollars worth of GPUs in this rig. And this is great. So first he like started to set up a store, and it's just they're just PCs. Mm-hmm. They're just PCs, but he called them crypto mining rigs. So he got into some dispute with PayPal. Because they're like, we don't support cryptocurrency. Because it's an existential threat. Yeah. And then he went to Stripe. And then he, you read the story on the site. Shane did a great job with it. Um, but he had some big dispute with Stripe over what he was selling and why. Um, so he just moved his entire business to Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Etsy?
3: Etsy? <laughs> Meanwhile, Etsy's just like, I just want to sell like handmade socks.
2: It's a handmade <laughs> mining <laughs> rig. <laughs> I mean, have you seen? I feel some of the, I, I, I am of the sort of persuasion that the YouTube algorithm has discovered mm-hmm. that I would love to see YouTube videos of people building Bitcoin <laughs> mining rigs. And so people have shelves like yeah. they just take a literal shelf, mm-hmm. and then like they create their own like, like they use two by fours to make mounts for their
0: their GPUs, and then just line all the GPUs up, and it's just in a closet. Yeah. Now you gotta go. So the ones I've seen are like, you know, they build a shed and they like cover the shed in solar panels to power the thing, because the whole thing is can you can you mine fast enough to offset your power cost? Yeah, you, you, you gotta pay for the juice. Yeah, well, you just got to live somewhere with cheap electricity. Well, that's one. That is also cold. (laughs) Paul's thought about this a lot. Paul's specking out igloos. like He's like, I got this. No, the solar panel stuff is neat. Yeah. But they don't obviously solar power. Apparently, I'm not on the solar panel
2: mining rig YouTube algorithm. That's
0: where my mind is. My mind is. Renewable, right. sustainable. Other people are like, we're moving to Montana. We bought a strip mall, and we're just going for it until yeah. the local townspeople kick us out. Which is, by the way, a true story. Yeah.
3: This is okay. So I'm looking at his Etsy page right now. It looks like <laughs> <laughs> in 2015 he used to sell like Fallout toys. Oh like my god, man-made. you're on deep on his oh. Etsy. Page. No, I mean I'm just looking at his. He has a wonderful five star review. So I just wanted to know who like yeah. 130 reviews. And I'm just like. There's no way he sold this many already, and and yeah, and looks like a couple of years ago he used to just make toys that like, they, yeah, they're just like yeah. little cute toys from like Fallout. There's no
0: forty-seven thousand dollar version of a Fallout
3: toy. No, <laughs> only very recently did um his sales become these supercomputers, yeah. and yeah, it's funny because in the quote, um, I mean in the story, Shannon quoted him saying. Or not quote, but he said, quote, using Etsy isn't glamorous, Katz says, but at least he knows he'll get paid.
0: I like the idea that you're drawn to a payment vendor for your Bitcoin mining rig because of the glamour. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm on Square. It's very
3: glamorous. (laughs) What's wrong with Etsy? That's so shady.
0: (laughs) Actually, I was talking to the editor of that piece, Michael Zlenko, about the word glamorous. He's like, he said it and I'm using it. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like I don't really want to get new conversation about whether Etsy's glamorous. I love the idea that Etsy though is they're like yes, a handmade cryptocurrency rig is acceptable here. Fits
3: our motto. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true. All right, last thing, Google is reportedly planning Pixel 3 for October. At Pixel 3 XL pretty nasty looking notch.
2: If if that leak is correct, it's a pretty
1: nasty looking notch. Um and like notches in general are no not great. I believe it's not. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of
3: but I'm also yeah. kind of. I, an- know, I, I think it's real. I'm kind of annoyed because I think they're doing a thing again where she's like, "If you want the better phone, get the XL," and then like, "If you want a smaller, less good phone, get the regular," which is very offensive to me. Someone who has very small hands can cannot reach an XL phone screen with just my thumb.
0: Well, <laughs> we're only going off the screen <laughs> protectors, right?
3: Sure, but like in general, like I feel like you know companies have a newness where it's like, if you want the best flagship phone. It's just going to be bigger it's physically. just the bigger one. And yeah. that's kind well they didn't do that annoying. with
1: the Pixel. They were both they were both equally good at the Pixel. And then the, the the Pixel Two they tried to say that they're the same phone again, but like everybody knew that those bezels were not fun and so it was not really the they the were. Smaller not the
0: smaller Pixel phones. Two and I know there are people who love it, but the smaller Pixel Two is legit one of the ugliest phones ever made. I'm just oh, going out there.
3: Wow, it my, is, my, there it my, is. my regular Pixel Two sitting over here crying. Yeah, no, but
0: you have a very nice case on it.
3: Well, this is no, this is the regular Google fabric case because like there's right because you can take many... it off
0: there, you have to look at the Pixel Two. No,
3: <laughs> but, <laughs> but also like there just aren't that many options for nice yeah. looking Pixel Two what, cases. What,
0: what that case covers up is the extraordinarily nasty chrome bezel around the screen, which is. What are you doing? I, yeah, every time I bad. look at it, it makes me sad. But the, you, your case is nice.
3: Well, I mean, it's like it's—I didn't have an option It's this or a live. <laughs> it was this have or you, like a live case. Have you and... heard of a
0: website called Etsy?
3: <laughs> you know, <laughs> you should definitely get a pixel two case from Etsy. See if he'll make let you a me, Fallout let one. Let me let me let me holler at this dude. Um, no, I mean, like it's just—I think it, it is time for Google and Apple and a bunch of others. Smartphone makers to actually start making good phones that aren't massive because no one wants phablets. I think everyone's. What over about the iPhone 10? The, everyone's over the uh, the. Um,
0: yeah, is my isn't is this phone as big as that? iPhone phone? 10
1: is like pretty small. They yeah, like, they hit it.
3: No, it, it's good. I mean, like, it's fine. I'm just also. One of those people who just don't really want to use an iPhone. <laughs> it
0: came out. It although, happened.
3: Although, um, after getting locked out last week without my phone or key, um, I now wish I had messages in iCloud so <laughs> I could find my landlord's <laughs> phone number. <laughs> it's
0: wait, all coming
2: together. Wait. I'm happy if they keep on making phablets, but, like, I don't uh, I don't understand the, 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 the Pixel 2. The Pixel 2 XL makes sense. Mm-hmm. The Pixel 2 doesn't make sense. So why not make a Pixel 3 SE... That's the size, <laughs> right? Make make a make an iPhone five sized phone, and make your jumbo phone. Yeah, those the, those seem to be the two things that people actually want. Uh, maybe you can't get enough battery in the small phone anymore to
0: like match the the fancy processors you got going on. I think it's Android in particular seems like it's it's trending towards larger screen sizes.
1: Yeah, right, like, Android wants to be on a bigger screen size, and I I, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but there's because it, it's not necessarily the, the core navigation of it, because um, actually swiping down from the top is annoying. But there's just something with the way that like font sizes and spacing and sort of everything about Android just feels better on a big phone and doesn't and just feels really cramped and weird on a small phone.
2: Yeah, it's, our hands aren't getting any larger.
3: No. <laughs>
0: Well, so the way. Oh, well, wait, what if they are? No,
2: wait, wait. No, the only way would, definitely and not. And I
3: just want to point this out:
0: the the mechanism by which evolution would make our hands bigger in this instance. Is if people with small hands who used larger phones died at a slightly higher rate? Also, and I, I just be- <laughs> don't think that's happening. I also
3: think that like as more people use smartphones and all, we're all just like craning our necks down, like we're just gonna have this weird curved spine with like big hands. What is it gonna look like? A fish.
1: <laughs> this is vaguely creepy. relevant. I need to tell the story about the coolest thing I saw at Code. So I I, I got to lead this little intensive about robots. And the first one was Nightscope with the, like, you know, the creepy Dalek-looking security robot, uh, and he told us that 9-11 and crime, and so we need robots. That oh. was fine. Oh. Um, the, the second <laughs> one was great. It was, it was That's Cosmo. That's quite a thing uh, to
0: just gloss over a bit, okay.
1: It, I mean, I just, I'm, just, I'm just moving on. Yeah. Um, the second one was Cosmo, the little Anki robot dude. He's cute. Yeah. And the third one, they weren't technically a robot company. It was Control Labs. And they brought a they brought a robot, that robot spider that moves around. And then what, they, what they've made is an armband. You put it on your forearm, right? And it can read the neural signals you're sending to your hand. And they put it on your forearm instead of like on your head because you never send a neural signal to your hand unless you mean to. So there's less noise there um, and you can have more intentionality about the signal. And they can read all of those signals really well. And their core thesis is, as a human, you have a huge high amount of bandwidth coming in, but you're... Output is very low bandwidth. Think about everything that you use to control a computer. You, It's literally moving things with your fingers or maybe talking, right? Mm-hmm. It's all like controllers and buttons and mice and whatever. Um, and so they're like, well, we're going to read your hand movements and we're going to translate that directly so you don't actually have to have a physical controller. So he held up his right hand and moved his fingers and then the spider robot moved its legs at the exact same pace and rate. Whoa. Which was crazy. But then... Think about it. If you want to move your index finger, you can like you think move my index finger. Your index finger moves, but you could also like say I'm going to move my index finger and then like think you're doing about to do it and then not do it. Just think about moving your index finger without moving it. That when you do that, there's still a neural signal getting sent to your finger, Uh, just not enough to like make it move. And they can read that. So he then set the spider on the ground, and then just like. Held his hand out and didn't move at all, and was controlling the spider and making it move around the room, making it walk around the room.
0: Mm, I don't like it's it. Like <laughs> a,
1: it's like sub vocalization. Also- yeah. So, what I like, the end state of this is arm is a pretty good place for it. You could have this thing wrapped around your arm, and you could have a big honking dumb phone, and it doesn't matter that your fingers can't reach the top because you just think. What if my finger were reaching the top right now?
3: And then it would just do it. <laughs> that is a thing. You can yeah. cont- it's true.
1: A lot you can of you control all of your all of your digital stuff just by like imagining you're moving your hands to control them <laughs> instead of actually controlling them. A
2: lot of people think that the natural like evolution is us building technology now. So maybe we are evolving bigger hands. They're just imaginary hands. <laughs> Big imaginary I would hands. be
3: scared of that future just because, like, there's so many things that we think and we just don't do. And mm. if computers are now doing the thing that we're just thinking about, that's going to lead to a lot of sloppy <laughs> interactions. Well, this
1: is why he didn't put the brain scanner on your head because, like, you daydream. You, like... Think about food, and if you're like just sitting there and there's a scanner on your head, and you're like, I'd really like a taco right now, you could like have a taco suddenly. No, arrive but I mean, on your like, computer. That, that's
3: the optimistic view. I'm saying, like, if I get in a fight with somebody, and like, in my head, I'm just like, Oh, I can kill you right now, and then he like dies, <laughs> like, that's a problem. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's got like dark.
2: Where A
3: that's <laughs> yeah.
2: Dealey, are you disagreeing <laughs> like, that it's a problem if Nat thinks I wanna kill you and then someone dies?
3: I mean <laughs> the verge cast, this is a podcast about technology and homicide. I, I would I
0: would give Nat that power. I think she would wield it well. You know, I think that would uh, it would certainly sharp up sharpen up the tech news team <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh,
1: here at The Verge. So that that's something. Uh, the tech news team it, it turned into that episode <laughs> of The Twilight Zone with a kid. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, no, but we're not.
0: It's not. You think about a taco, and a taco appears. It's you think about a taco, and then like a spider skitters across the ground. <laughs> <crap. laughs> that's, like that's like a different kind of problem, right? Like. Yeah, I would like to have it where it's just like I'm thinking of foods, and then like various things are dancing around me. <laughs> like, and like everyone's the like, oh, "Hot dog!" Yeah, he's having the burrito dream again. Like, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> a lot of dancing burritos. Yeah. I think that's.
2: I think this is a great time to bring up. Dita wrote an amazing piece that I absolutely loved about Uh-oh. technology being instrument. An instrument, oh yeah, kind of like a musical instrument rather than a tool. I just really encourage everybody to read it, but it brought up a lot of a lot of thoughts for me, and I'm still kind of unpacking it. I don't even know if it's the right one, but it feels way better than Tool. Do you? Can you explain it a little bit, Dieter?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I I actually wrote a thing three years ago after watching Neilai interview Aaron Sorkin, and we watched the Steve Jobs movie that he directed. And so I wrote it badly then and I was like, well, okay, I need to to do another episode of Processor. It'll air someday. It's actually the first one that we shot. And so what's timeless? Well, I'll I'll redo this argument. Uh, But basically everyone, when people talk about their phones or other tech, they're just like, oh, it's it's just a tool. It's a tool. And um, I think that the word tool has a bunch of connotations around it that minimize its impact and its position in your life. And to be fair, all metaphors break down and tools can be amazing things that do, you know, blah, they're extensions of you as a human, blah, 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 blah. But I think using the word instrument, not the measuring instrument, but like an actual musical instrument, is it forces you to actually engage with that thing as a piece of culture and as a thing that creates culture. And it just, it gives you a better relationship with the technology because there's a bunch of stuff that you associate unconsciously with the word instrument that Really map nicely to having a healthier relationship with technology. Like you suck at an instrument when you first use it, so you might suck at your phone, and you get better with practice as you use the phone. Um, and so it's just a it's a really tiny thing, and it's an invitation for people to argue with me about words, which uh, everybody loves to do. But it's mostly like we there's been a lot of doom and gloom about tech, and like this time well spent thing is a big part of it. And then you know Facebook is destroyed democracy. Um, and all that is true. But I, the, the natural reaction to that is just be like, no, we're going to put tech in a box. It's going to go in the corner. We're going to keep ourselves as humans separate from that thing because that thing is dangerous and scary. And I just think that's dumb. I think that, uh, creating tools, creating instruments is a very human thing to do. They are extensions of us. And the, the solution isn't to just say, nope, I'm not going to ever use my phone again. I'm going to like limit myself to only 20 minutes a day of, you know, phone use. It's to recontextualize your relationship with that thing. So that that thing extends and deepens your humanity instead of making you feeling less connected to it.
0: Well, it's hard for me to say, I disagree now.
1: <laughs> were you, okay. Were
0: you thinking about one dancing burritos two the skittering hand robot? Yeah. I can kill you with a thought. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it's lo- a Chad Vader joke. Um, I love that. I like it, too. So my th- whole thing about The Verge is that what well, we fundamentally cover um, tools, right? Yeah. In this con- outside of Dieter's conception of these words. And so the reason we cover culture, too, mm-hmm. and the reason that link works on our site is people make the tools – Those people are interesting. The tools are often very interesting. And then people use the tools to make culture. Mm. And then the culture informs the next generation of tools. And on and on and on it goes. Mm. Actually, so So, my my
1: disagreement there, Neelai, is I think that setting up the equation in that way is people make the tools. We judge the tools. And then uh, the tools create culture. Um, The tools are themselves culture. Like, if 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 we were making Facebook is a chair, if we were having this debate, no, no, I'm serious. If we were having this debate uh, about chairs, I got you. If we were having this debate about chairs, you would not argue that a nice, cool, you know, fancy designer chair is not itself a piece of culture, right? It it's we we could judge its ability to like recline and the specs of the you know the what's the thing the pneumatics that allow it to rise and fall. And, you know, is it good for your back and blah, 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 blah. We could do the speeds and feeds on a chair, but really you also want the chair to look nice in your room. And so when you have a phone, you decide you're an Android Stan, or you only love Apple products or, you know, whatever, you are taking a technological product and making it a part of your world, a part of your culture. Um, People got mad at me for this iPhone case thing that I did. Like, this isn't very deep. Why are you just showing me how to patina a phone? And it's Technology shouldn't be separate from the rest of our physical world, which is inherently cultural and we all know it. Yeah, no, I, I
0: yeah. guess when I keep saying it's tools, what I mean is that's like consumer technology. And I think the big move, the thing that has happened that is super interesting is as we put more and more consumer technology into our lives, as more and more things are on the Internet, we have also democratized the idea of creation So, like, Chad Mum, who now runs Vox Entertainment, literally our TV division at Vox Media, started as a video producer and gadget with us. So, like, that's meteoric rise for our boy Chad. But the reason he was able to do that was we started on the Internet, digital cameras, digital video cameras in particular, in particular the 5D Mark II Mm -hmm. um, and then the 7D, the Canon 7D. Uh, Allowed us to capture HD video that looks beautiful with like cool lenses. It literally, that thing, which is not like a not a cameras are not chairs. (laughs) We're really we're really (laughs) doing this today, but that thing the the object of the camera enabled creation that was previously not available not we no one could do before at a much lower cost. But but there
2: was a subtle art to Chad using that camera. It's not something that you just purchase off the shelf and then it just does the thing,
0: right? But I'm saying that—that's what I mean by it. it was. It's a new kind of tool, and then Chad was able to use that tool in a variety of ways. Just like I own a bunch of power tools, but there are people who are much better at woodworking than mm-hmm. literally almost anybody. <laughs> just like shows up cold and they're better at it than I am. But that's what I mean. I think, and then that turned into this explosion in digital filmmaking. That explosion in digital filmmaking looped back around canon started making the cameras in I order yeah, for yeah, us to i, do I that. don't see
1: why this is why this is a counter to what i'm saying i mean
0: because well, i don't think the cameras themselves are objects of culture in that way
1: they absolutely no they absolutely are the, the cameras in and of themselves are objects of culture in exactly that way chad being a person who could operate that camera changed chad's identity as a person and what he thinks Poor of Ch- himself Ch- as an really artist. chad's ears right? are burning right now <laughs> right he uh you but know, that but, the, but the, like let the, me spin this out. The look and the, the, the aesthetic of that thing like has an effect on you. Like it's I don't know, when you choose to wear the shirt you're wearing, you're but, yeah. but if I
0: spin that out, what you end up with is not more documentary filmmakers or you know heads of TV departments. What you end up with is YouTubers and you end up with Instagrammers, right, who are now their aesthetic is just Instagram stories shot on the front camera of their phone. And that that part of the phone that is enabling them to do that. There's so many different pieces of that phone that are objects of culture or not objects of culture that I think it's just a tool. This is, it's like a very subtle disagreement that we're having. But to me, I think the, the loop back around is fundamentally the tools are disposable. And like so much of technology is disposable. And I think what people are always chasing is the form of the culture. And they will move on to the next better tool the second it makes it easier, whereas you never move on to the next better guitar so well, so here he, well in like unless you have a good one, but you, you can love it you can love
2: and cherish an instrument, and i one of my big things is I want people to start making their own software, and I want people to think of the computer as a bicycle for the mind as a capability enhancer and extender, and not just so basically i want I want our tools. I want us to buy – instead of buying our tools on Amazon and in Apple stores, I want us to buy our tools on on Etsy. That's where I'm at. I have no idea. I want to go to a secondhand music shop instead of getting the Walmart $99 guitar.
0: Yeah. But once you get the – there are like lots of people who are like swear by that guitar. That's Dieter's point.
2: Nobody swears by the $99. You
0: don't think Jack White is like, I'm putting out my next album on a $99 Walmart guitar because I can just do it. He
2: has like a very specific retro bad guitar that he credits for a lot of his artistry. Yes.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) But you could argue that he has made that his own.
0: I got you. I got do you ever say Facebook's a chair and I got you to admit that Jack White uses a crappy guitar? That is the VergeCast, ladies and gentlemen. No, Dieter, you're probably right. You should go watch Processor. It's good.
3: You, you also got me to admit that I maybe would like messages in iCloud.
0: <laughs> no, you are a murderer. I think is where we ended up with
3: you. Uh,
0: so we're just going to see where that goes.
3: Don't piss me off, guys.
0: All right. That is it. We are, in fact, over time. Dieter, is there any more code conference
1: coming? No. <laughs> all right. It's all over. Well, go no, on Recode. Uh, you should go to go to Recode's YouTube channel in particular. There's a bunch of videos. Uh, there's there's one presentation in particular I hope they post that was uh, uh, Estelle from Vox.com did like a presentation version of a so it's video up. that she's doing. You can watch this. I YouTube. watched it last night. It's, yeah. it's great. It is an amazing presentation where she uh, she finds the full history of this thing called the orchestra hit, which is this funny sound you hear in 80s hip hop and beyond. Um, it's amazing. You want me to... I,
0: okay. Everybody watch that, and then think about this tools versus instrument conversation. Because the first thing that sampled the orchestra hit was a very important instrument, but then that sound went away and it's now part of everybody else's instruments. Think, just think, go watch the video, it's great, you will love it. But then let me and Dieter know which, which side you land on. Because that video is a perfect encapsulation of this thing, I think. You just gotta have yeah. the last word. You're just mad that I came up with a better metaphor than you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> Dieter, you're out there tweeting that like synonyms don't exist. You're just on like, a different plane of existence, man. I mean, that is that is oh god, 100 true. We can't we can't we gotta we gotta end. Goodbye. That was our podcast today, the flagship podcast <laughs> of this very confused media company that we are part of. They just keep letting us. Say Would you that. say the Verge Cast is a tool? <laughs> that is it. Please, there are other podcasts to listen to at this company. Many of them are much more focused. None of them will have homicide threats on that. Uh, please listen to Recode Decode with Kara Swisher. That is wonderful. Recode Media with Peter Kafka. I encourage you. i have listening to uh, Today Explained, the Vox's daily show. Every night at 4 a.m., I feed Max, and that's what I listen to because I can't use my hands, so i got to listen to something. It's great. It's like almost the perfect amount of time to feed a baby in case you have a baby. <laughs> It's Uh, it's really good But Russell brandon We actually stuck it in the feed this week uh, The Vergecast feed Russell Brandon was on it this week Talking about GDPR So listen to that Mm -hmm. And Our boy Casey Newton Converge Episode 2 out this week Really good Check that out So much to listen to Hit us up on The Verge Watch the YouTube videos Look at the grams Maybe visit our website directly Engage
2: maximally (laughs) Unless It's not ideal for your digital health
0: Max clicks That's what I want Give them to us Rock and roll That's The (laughs) Vergecast Paul
1: <laughs> Paul.
0: This episode of the Vergecast was brought to you by IBM. By the end of this podcast, nearly 10,000 new malware variants will have been launched. But now AI can help protect your data from threats wherever it lives with IBM Security. Let's put smart to work. Learn more at ibm.com/smart.